0: Kimberly McCrite is the author of Friends Like These, a novel. She's the New York Times bestselling author of Reconstructing Amelia, which was nominated for the Edgar, Anthony, and Alex Awards, and was called Entertainment Weekly's favorite book of the year. Reconstructing Amelia has been optioned for TV by HBO, Nicole Kidman's Blossom Films, and David E. Kelly. McCrite's second adult novel, Where They Found Her, was a USA Today bestseller and a Kirkus best mystery of the year. While her third, A Good Marriage, was named a best book of the summer by the New York Times People and Publishers Weekly, it was also an Amazon Best Mystery of the Month. A TV adaptation of A Good Marriage is coming soon from Amazon and Nicole Kidman's Blossom Films. McRae's most recent book, Friends Like These, was named a Good Morning America Buzz Pick and an Amazon Best Book of the Month. It will be adapted for TV by Amblin Television. McCreight is also the author of the New York Times bestselling young adult trilogy, The Outliers, which includes The Outliers, The Scattering, and The Collide, which are optioned for film by Lionsgate and Reese Witherspoon's Pacific Standard. She attended Vassar College and graduated cum laude from the University of Pennsylvania Law School. She currently lives in Brooklyn, New York.
1: How are you? It's great to see you. It's great to see you too. Congratulations. Congratulations on Zippy's books. Yeah, news. Yay. Good
0: yeah. for you. Thank you. I'm really excited. Yeah, it's just, I'm just excited and it's a really fun team and we're going to have a lot of fun and make a difference, I hope. And yeah, I just can't wait. It's so fun. Oh, awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Okay. So your new book, tell everybody what it's
1: about and how you came up with this idea and the 10 friends and the whole thing. And let's, let's get into it. Yes. Friends Like These is about a tight-knit group of college friends who reunite 10 years after graduation to stage an intervention for one of their group. It's an intervention that quickly goes terribly wrong. When the book opens, a car has been found in the woods. One of the friends is dead inside and another one is missing. And when the local detective shows up to investigate, it's clear that the rest of the friends are hiding something. So, you know, the truth about what happened in the car is, you know, a a complicated mix of, of conflicts with the locals and also secrets that the friends have buried. And so the book is very much, I hope, an edge of your seat page turner. But it is also a commentary on friendship and particularly group dynamics and old friendships. Either way, Friendships evolve over time and the complications of groupthink and the dangerous side of loyalty and things like that. So uh, much in the way I did, or I hoped I did in a good marriage, kind of looking at the, the gray zone of marriage, this kind of looks at the gray zone of those close friendships. Awesome. I loved a good marriage, as you know. We talked all about it at the time. It's funny, I
0: just interviewed today this man named Billy Baker, who, if you haven't read his book, it's, it's called We Need to Hang Out, but it's sort of this very funny referendum on male friendship and how we're all so busy that we don't make enough time for our friends and like how the importance of friendship. And now, here, this is also about friendship and how the bonds can linger for so many years, but it sounds like, you know, sometimes a big, due to something traumatic happening to United Group or all other reasons, and how you can sort of jump back into it at a moment's notice, which is
1: really crazy when you think about it, no matter how much time has gone by. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the book was definitely inspired by like my own tight knit group of college friends who are still like my family. I mean, they are like the most present, consistent aspect of my life. You know, I talk to them multiple times a week. And so, and, but I think it's an interesting thing, like as much as that creates this great sense of comfort and security when it's a group, I think you can get like assigned a role in your group. Like you're the the fixer or you're the, the upbeat one or you're whatever and I think that that can be complicated so who are you in the group? I was the responsible one <laughs> really? Which okay I, which is funny because I now my friends I hope my friends are not listening so probably and say no, she wasn't but there's a character in the book Stephanie who's kind of the one that always is espousing like reasonable opinions now again like she's very flawed herself and makes a lot of bad choices but that's really her assigned role is to be the one who like you know is there and I was the one in college who was like in the library you could find me studying late at night you know things like that you could you, you know, that people came to for advice. just to be clear, I'm not saying I had good advice to offer or <laughs> I didn't have problems myself but that's definitely the the role I played for sure. Wow. So do you feel
0: like now that you would you rather have another slot? Like
1: you said, like they should change over time. Like what, what's that? Would you like today? You know, I kind of like that slot because it gets, lets you feel morally superior. So like, <laughs> I'm, I'm comfortable with my slot. I'm more talking about other people who might not want anymore okay. to be the, you know, the screw up or the, you know, the, you know, role like that, you know, mine I'm <laughs> gives me some of the moral high ground. So I'm perfectly happy with it. <laughs> I know. I'm thinking now about my college girlfriends who I yeah. Adore. So what's your what's your role in your group of friends? Because you have a tight knit group from college too.
0: Don't you? I do. I do. <laughs> yeah. Although we lost my friend Stacy, who was like such a, a piece, of the glue, you know, to the group Uh-oh. and you know, so many of us, and she died on nine eleven. And like I, you know, it's that through line has kept us close because we all went through that, but you know, we're in a different form than we were. I don't know what they would say
1: about my role.
0: I don't know actually.
1: You'll have to email you'll have to email them after the show. See <laughs> Maybe you'll maybe you'll find out you're the, the fixer too, that you're the small I don't people. think
0: so because I'm pretty sure I know I know who that was in my right. group and that it wasn't me. So and <laughs> well, I know you who the like
1: fearful maybe you were the like upbeat one. You're like you you do have a really good vibe about you. So maybe that was you no, maybe I don't know. I
0: feel like I was always though kind of stressed and studying, and you know, in the library really late. I mean, we all were studying, I guess, but I don't know. I also didn't used to like to drink during the day, and so that that was like not the coolest. Like I, I just never have really liked doing that. So I love that. that that's the
1: standard day drinking, right? I mean, I you know You just so like just, you weren't day drinking. So really, what was the point? Right. So that that's what made me like really studious, right? Right. Just no, just not excessive day drinking. Yeah. So, you know,
0: yeah, I was most restrained. I don't know. I wasn't though. Uh, (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. It's funny. We, I went to my reunion a couple of years ago, two years ago. And you know, some of them just like went out and like got sloshed at some party. And I was like, are you kidding? We're like 45 at this point. (laughs) This is like crazy what's going on. But yeah, it's like coming home, right? You act like your old self a lot of the time. That's
1: right. Right. I wish a lot is what is a lot in the book is that like people revert to those roles. Like when, with that group of people they kind of, you know, um, oh, sorry, were we talking
0: about a book? Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I know. See, you and
1: I are just like, it's just like we're <laughs> chatting. So we just forgot.
0: <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. Let's go back. Let's go back <laughs> to the book. I'm sorry. Okay, tell me about writing this book and like how long it took and, and what the whole process
1: is like and all that good stuff. Yeah, so it actually I, I wrote it Not, I didn't write it quickly. I mean, usually it takes, it's probably the same time it takes me to write most books. So it was 18 months between this book being published and A Good Marriage, which is pretty typical for me. I do the first drafts rather quickly, like three months, and then it's about like nine months or so of revising. It's not easy to keep that schedule. I just want to like be clear. It's not like, oh, it just... I was like, oh my gosh, three months, but that's fast. sit down and it's just like, it comes out. I was talking to some, I forget who it was, some authors like, yeah, just like sit down. It just comes out. I'm like, yeah, no, that that, no. So it's this, I'm making this sound like easy, none of it's easy, as you know. So, Anyway, but that, that is kind of the process for me. I don't work from an outline. I do it, I, you know, start with my characters first and really write my way into the story. And I, that is a terrible method, but it is the only method I have. So, meaning you, know, you, you waste time, you know, I think to some extent. But I do think with an outline, you probably also waste time because you sit there and try to figure everything out and then you realize once you go to write it that that's not going to work anyway. So, you know, I, I think that no matter what your, your approach, you're going to end up it's just there's part of it's going to get thrown out that's the reality of, of writing a book so um yeah so that it's about how long it took me and um it's definitely a complex narrative structure it's got multiple narrators but they really function as two narrators there's the group of friends and then there's the detective and those are your two time frames and so it alternates between those two you get the different perspectives of the friends but their timeline just moves forward so I think it's a way to you know keep it more clear that way. And the big thing about this book is I really wanted to deliver like a twist at the end, a really big twist. And um, I think all my books have twists to some extent, but this one has like one at the end, um, really big one. And so um, I'm very excited about that because I very much wanted to do that.
0: Yeah. I never see the ends coming. I'm like the worst reader in that regard. I'm like, the, I, or maybe the most goal. You're the goal best goal. reader.
1: That's the best reader. Are you kidding me? I'm always going to surprise you then. That's the best. That's true. I'm like, the, you know, I'm like a cheap date when it comes
0: to <laughs> it's true. Well, that's awesome. No, yeah, I remember. And by the way, I don't think it's wasted. I mean, it just takes a lot of time to write a book. Like that, like all of that is part of it. I think yes. people beat themselves up thinking it's not, but like every single person I talked to is like, well, then I had to throw away these pages or I tried this and then I wrote this new draft and, you know, I had to do this first. And like, that's just what, it that's just what it
1: is. I, I think you're right. I think the more that for like aspiring writers, I think the more that you can just consider that a piece of the process, you know, like that's actually part of the book, even if it's thrown out, the less, i think people panic sometimes thinking what they're doing isn't any good but like you have to do the not good before you can make it great so like you that is is genuinely as you said part of the process for sure yeah so the advice is just keep on doing not great stuff yes lower your. <laughs> i my <laughs> biggest piece of advice for aspiring writers is like lower your standards just like really write like crap and just don't worry about it and i mean i think that's the advice a lot of people give and, and just really just just get it done because you can't make it great if it's not there in the first place yeah.
0: You heard it here first. Yes. Do a bad job and you, you will it. be successful. Yes, it'll <laughs>
1: well, you'll be, you'll be totally crappy. That is my advice. <laughs> so, are you already working on your next book? Well, I've actually been working in part on the adaptation of Friends Like These. It's been optioned, and I'm working on the, uh, it's been optioned by um, Steven Spielberg's Amblin Television for a series. And mm-hmm. I think I'm working on the adaptation. So, I've been spent some time. I've been spending some time doing that. Um, But I am working on my next book, uh, about 100 pages of it. And it's a bit, I've been calling it a um, reverse reconstructing Amelia, which was my first book, because in this case, a college-age daughter comes back home from NYU to Park Slope for dinner and her mother is missing. And so she has to piece together the truth of who her mother was. And as opposed to reconstructing Amelia, it was a mother reconstructing her daughter's life. So it's really interesting to to look at it that way because my, my kids were so young when I wrote Reconstructing Amelia and now they are, you know, much older. And so it's a, it's a really, I, I'm very excited about it. So is this called Deconstructing Amelia? <laughs> no, my, my first one was Reconstructing Amelia. This is not, this doesn't have a title yet. So I'm still working on the title, but you take that one if you want. Yeah, yeah, I can. I'll try to, I think there might be a little confusion, but okay. maybe it would be good. Maybe that would be good. <laughs> part two
0: I mean they do that with movies all the time back to the future one back to the yeah
1: I'll just call it a sequel
0: yeah there you go (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So what are you most looking forward to on your tour at this time? Are you doing live events? Are you doing all virtual events? Like, what are you excited about?
1: Yeah, so I'm virtual. I was most excited about this, Debbie, and I. Of course, <laughs> right. This, this was the this was the top. <laughs> you know, I do really love this. I talked to Ad- Adriana Trigiani last night. I love talking to I her. Love her. Yeah, so I, I did some incredible events with some amazing authors this time. I got to talk to Lucy Foley and Greer Hendricks and Christina Alger. And so... Getting to talk to them, it was like for Barnes & Noble on an Amazon Live and then my lunch, but to get to talk to them. And what's fun, when you're on a virtual event with an author like that, it's like no one else is there. Like for you and I right now, it's just the two of us, you know, it feels like just the two of us. So that was really fun because it was just like talking shop with a bunch of authors who I hadn't known before, hadn't had a chance to meet, so... That was a really great experience. and I. But I have a couple in-person events. I did one at a library in Connecticut, which was the first I had done. I didn't get to do any with A Good Marriage. So I got to do my first in-person since you yeah, know, whatever my last book was before good marriage. And that was incredible to get to just see readers again and talk in front of them and like hear them laugh and, and get to do that all in person. So that was really special to be able to do that. And then I have one event at Litchfield Books in South Carolina. Another live in person event. So that's fun to get to do those also.
0: You should do like a little care package with a good marriage, right? I mean, just because it was during the pandemic, but that book was so good. You should like bring it out again. I know there's like, I know you know, you always push the newest one, but it was really great.
1: I don't know. Yeah, it was really great. Well, I mean, hopefully the series is coming. So that that will kind of give it a, a chance to see the world in a different way. Awesome. Well, I didn't
0: mean to say this book was not also great. I just meant like, if you could, you know bundle it up. Yeah. No,
1: no, no. Right. Do it two for one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Something, something like that. exactly. <laughs> Especially
0: like authors like you who can turn books quickly. Right. And you know, I don't know. It's just, it's good to keep them up in the rotation. That's all. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You your, it's
1: like your children. You don't want your like other children <laughs> being forgotten. Definitely. It's true. Although some days I want to forget some of my children,
0: <laughs> depending <laughs> on what they do that, that morning, you know, that's a good know. point. That is also <laughs> true. Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, congratulations on thank the book Really exciting. And the adaptation and all of that. That's so cool. And yeah, just really excited to keep talking to you
1: about all your great stuff. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much for having me and good luck with all your creative, you so much stuff going on. So good luck with, uh, with all of it and good to have you back. I know you were in LA, so it's good to have you back. It looks like you're back in New York though. It looks like you're in New York. I am.
0: Yes. It's so crowded. Are you in New York? It's yeah. like- Oh my gosh! It's never been so crowded, or maybe I'm and just hot. like sensory crowded. overload. Yeah. I like can't deal with the street. It's like people everywhere and traffic, and
1: oh we're my God. Not to, we're not used to it, right? Oh my like, gosh! So, last I year know. it was so quiet here. There
0: was like no one here. I know
1: because there was no one here. I know it <laughs> was all
0: so bad. nice. It was so nice. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Okay. Well. All right. We'll forge on. Uh, right. great, <laughs> great to see, to see, see you. you. Okay. Anyway, great to see you. And I'll talk to you later.
1: Thanks, Thanks so much for having me. Okay. Bye.
0: Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books.